This program is a part of the Full Press Radio Network. Find this and all of Full Press Coverage's shows on fullpressradio.com or free on the Full Press Coverage app, available now on the Apple and Google Play stores. This is Charles Woodson. And you're listening to the eye test for two. Welcome to the summer edition, or I guess the summer solstice edition of the iTest for Two podcast. I'm Clark Judge. I'm Ira Kaufman. And we are Hall of Fame voters basking in the warmth, yeah, the warmth of summer and our reunion with Hall of Fame producer Ian Glennon back after a two-week vacation in New England. So Ian, welcome home. I live in Connecticut. You were in Massachusetts. I didn't see you. What in God's name happened? Uh, I, I played a lot of golf uh, on a lot of courses that uh, had many more hills than the ones down here in Florida. So you were predisposed. Okay. <laughs> well, while you were away, I see that the ball that was Tom Brady's first touchdown pass, remember we talked about that, I don't know, about a month ago or so, uh, it was finally sold to what they said was, quote, a local Patriots fan, unquote, for $430,000. That wasn't you, Ian, was it? No, I bid four. I bid four twenty-five. so just out. And Ira, did, will you get involved in that or not? Because you're making the big bucks down there in Tampa. I can't believe Jim Irsay got uh, got robbed <laughs> I, over there, man. I, he, I, I thought I thought Irsay was going to come up with that. He did say he was interested. Uh, I also see guys at the Bucks, and both of you are in the Tampa Bay area. Ira, of course, covered the Bucks, and uh, Ian is in St. Petersburg. But the Bucks announced their home games for 2021. Yep, all sold out. So, Ira, tell me this: tougher ticket. Bucks regular season or Tampa Bay Lightning game? And I'm talking uh, about playoff game, Lightning playoff game. Buck ticket, because this one's legit. This one's legit, Clark, because it wouldn't be in the team interest to say they're sold out when they weren't sold out. That's not in the team interest before a season starts. Whereas, Clark, uh, about, you know, 15 years ago, they said there was a 10-year waiting list. That was uh, bogus. Uh, that was okay. bogus. Okay. This one's legit. The lightning game, Clark, you can squeeze in. You wanna you wanna come down from Connecticut? I'll I'll get you into uh into game one of the finals. Yeah, I, I want to see game one against Montreal. I want to see that one. Montreal and the Lightning. Go Habs, go. Oh, look at you thinking the Canadians are gonna advance. Nice. Yeah, lifelong Canadian sufferer. Uh, I also see guys where Tom Brady basically said that he plans on playing two more years and that 50 quote, even for me, a long time, unquote. Ira, you believe him? I do. I do. I think that's legit. So two-year window, Clark. Two-year window for the Bucks. Two-year window for Bruce Arians. And Clark, I'll say this. 
when Brady says farewell, I believe Arians will bow out also. And yeah. I think that makes perfect sense. Ian, you on board with that? You know, he said there was a chance if he's feeling uh, okay at that age, he might consider playing again. But um, yeah, I think two years is is that sweet spot. That's that's 45. That's what he's been shooting for for a while. I think that's going right. to be it. Okay. And speaking of quarterbacks, another quarterback in the news, Eli Manning, be a Hall of Fame candidate in 2025, I believe. Uh, he's rejoined the Giants in a business operation and fan engagement role. That's what they said, whatever that means. Um, I don't know. But uh, he's also announced that he will be inducted into their ring of honor on September 26th in a game versus Atlanta. I'll be honest with you, Ian and Ira, I think both those moves, they make sense. How about you? No question about it. He belongs to, uh, to the Giants, played his whole career there. And Clark, I, I can't think of another guy who's basically his Hall of Fame resume rests on basically two passes, David Tyree and yeah. Mario Manningham down the left yeah. sideline. Now, the Manningham pass was a great pass, uh, and no question about it. That was the yeah. second. Yeah. That was the second game against New England. But, you know, the first one was kind of fluky. Clark, you know, now I think you give him credit for escaping the pass rush. Yeah, on that's the right. Tyree catch. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, Ian's a lifelong Patriots fan. He's still screaming in the grasp. He thought Seymour had him in the grasp. It was a great escape. Um, well, it does make sense for Eli Manning and for the Giants. Good moves. But I'll tell you what else makes sense, guys. That's having McCann Award winner and Hall of Fame voter Dan Pompey of the, Athlete, of the Athletic and also a best-selling author, Dan Pompey of the Athletic from Chicago. I'm here to sort out the quarterback situation with the Bears, where you, me, everyone in Chicago wonders when Ohio State's Justin Fields becomes the Bears' next starter. So, Dan, you're here with us today. When does he become the Bears' next starter? Great question, Clark. It's really good to be with uh, two of my favorite uh, longtime friends and also my new friend, Ian. Um, you know, I think um, it's, it's really an answer that, that no one can give at this point because we don't know how he's going to progress. I, I do believe the Bears are going to make a commitment to go with Andy Dalton unless he loses the job, right. which makes sense. And, uh, you know, that could happen, though. I mean, it's going to be the difficult part of this whole process is going to be avoiding the temptation of playing fields too soon. Because when you watch him, even in practice, I watched him in minicamp last week, you know, he goes out there and he moves around so smoothly and so gracefully, and he can do things that other people cannot do athletically. And his arm is beautiful and he makes throws that, you know, a majority of, of even quarterbacks in the league might not make, uh, but that doesn't mean he's ready to be the quarterback of the Bears. It doesn't really even mean he's going to be a very good quarterback. It just means he's got these capabilities. And, you know, I think now it's just a matter of when he can tap into them and, you know, how that fits into the big picture timing of where the team is and when they need him on the field. You know, I, I feel for him because, Dan, I think there's so much pressure on him, as there is with virtually every rookie, but especially him going in Chicago because, let's be honest, Andy Dalton doesn't energize that fan base. He doesn't. I mean, he's a good quarterback, but he's not going to energize that fan base. They look at Fields and say, hey, there's the future, maybe the present. And it reminds me a lot of what was going on in Houston in 2017. I'm not saying this is what happened, 
or will happen. But it reminds me of what happened then. And I don't know if you remember it, but Tom Savage was the starter then. And they said, no, Tom Savage is going to be the starter. Deshaun Watson, who we drafted, we're going to work in gradually. Okay, that was the idea. That lasted one half of the first game of the season. (laughs) And then they put in Deshaun Watson. So I think patience is going to be very tough here, especially if the Bears get off to a sluggish start. I agree. You know, there has been a groundswell of support for Fields publicly, you know, media, fans, everyone wants to see him play. You talk about Dalton, everyone tells you to shut up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. uh, but, you know, uh, it is what it is. Right now, you have to you have to go with the veteran unless you the rookie proves that he really knows everything. You know, the other interesting part of this whole thing is, you know, where is the locker room? Because they're the ones who really, you know, if, if they believe that Fields should be on the, on the field on opening day, you know, that's a tough sell to put Dalton out there. Then. Yeah, right. And, you know, I, I think uh, if they believe that, though, he probably should be out there. And, you know, they're really the ones who know best who's ready and who gives the team the best chance to win. Dan, uh, thanks for doing this, my friend. Um, Dan, it's very whole offense. Hall of Fame centric show. So Dan, I'm going to start right off the bat. I'm not wasting any time. There is a Chicago bear uh, who I believe will be eligible for Canton uh, in next year's class. And Dan, the guy uh, was an impact player without question, not a bad receiver, Dan, but he wouldn't go in necessarily as a receiver first. And I'm talking about Devin Hester, a tough sell, Dan, for a return guy, but he wasn't a bad receiver either. Dan, make a quick case for Devin Hester to at least be considered. Well, Ira, he uh, is unique in NFL history, you know, because uh, uh, as you know, we've really struggled with special teams players. You know, we recently put in Ray Guy and Morton Anderson, but uh, before then we haven't put one in in many, many years. Uh, you know, but I, I'm, I'm hoping that's going to start to change soon because we've got some good candidates. Adam Vinatieri just retired. I think, you know, they don't get any stronger than him, probably the greatest kicker ever. And uh, Devin is the greatest returner ever. You know, he scored more touchdowns as a return man than any player in history, even though, you know, they, they started kicking away from him in his second season. They probably kicked more away from him than any returner ever and um, he changed games like you know very few people I've ever seen in my career and, and really uh, forced uh, special teams coaches punters and kickers to do things they did not want to do and uh, it was rare even Deion Sanders calls him the greatest return man of all time and I think that's quite a quite an endorsement. Dan uh, let's talk about um the stadium that you've come to know. I don't know if you love it, but you've come to know it. Dan, what is going on with Soldier Field? And as a backdrop, and Dan, you know this better than anybody. Dan, when Soldier Field came into play, Calvin Coolidge was in the Oval Office, if there was an Oval Office back then. Uh, (laughs) So, Dan, what's the chatter uh, about the future of Soldier Field? And are you okay with it as presently constructed? Well, Soldier Field is fine for the time being, Ira, uh, but it's on borrowed time. You know, it's got uh, the Bears have got a lease that runs through 2033. So when that lease expires, if not before that, 
Soldier Field is going to be outdated. You know, it's the smallest stadium in the NFL, and it's located in the third largest market in the NFL. Uh, so the bottom line is the Bears are leaving a lot of money on the table. And, uh, you know, if they really want to maximize the value of their franchise and all of their revenue, they need a, a newer stadium at some point, probably sooner rather than later. So therefore, you know, they are led to an interest in a plot of land in suburban Arlington Heights, where Arlington Racecourse currently sits. And they put a bid in for that. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's uh, logical that they would explore that and, you know, look to move into the uh, stratosphere that some of the other teams are in that, that have new stadiums like the Minnesota Vikings and the Los Angeles Rams and the, the Raiders and the Falcons. Uh, you know, because really, if, if, like I said, if you want to be one of the top franchises in the sport, really sports franchises in the world, and there's no reason the Bear, Bears can be number one, given where they're at, their history, their tradition, their fan base. It, but they can't do that without a state-of-the-art stadium, and, and they don't have that right now. Dan, next week we're going to have Mayor Lori Lightfoot on here for a rebuttal to that. <laughs> <laughs> We're speaking with Hall of Fame voter Dan Pompeo, the athletic. And Dan, I, I want to go back to um, that quarterback situation because I'm just I'm fascinated by it, as many Bears fans are. I've got relatives that live in the Chicago area. They're sort of perplexed as to what's going on, which direction the Bears are going. <clears throat> but this is what I'd like to ask you is um, you've got a GM there, Ryan Pace, who missed with Mitch Trubisky. Then he missed with Nick Foles. Now, Trubisky was a draft pick. Foles was a, uh, was a free agent acquisition. Maybe it was a trade acquisition. I don't know. Anyway, we've got, a, got him as a, as a veteran. Anyway, missed with both of those. So why should Bears fans believe that he found a franchise quarterback in fields when he drafted Trubisky after trading up and missed there? Uh, what, what do you believe in? Whom do you believe in? And why should we believe in Ryan Pace that he knows quarterbacks when really haven't had one for a few years? Yeah, the track record is not good. Certainly, you know, if you based, it, based your faith in him on what he's done, you would say, well, you know, we really don't believe yeah. he's going to hit on one now. Yeah. But I think you really you have to look at each one individually because they're all uh, unique circumstances. And you have to look at feels as, you know, a prospect from Ohio State and look at everything that he did. Uh, look at his abilities, look at his measurables, all those things. Uh, what's interesting is that so many teams passed on fields. Exactly, right. Could have used them, you know, and uh, either there's going to be a lot of teams regretting that or, you know, they're going to be right and maybe pace is going to be wrong. But, um, you know, uh, the, the body of work is pretty impressive on him. You know, I think um, he, he certainly is very intriguing. And, and I, there's no doubt that he's got tremendous potential. So um, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, trading up for him, doing what the Bears did, to me, was a no-brainer because they have to try to fix that position. You know, they've been trying to fix it since Sid Luckman retired yeah, right. in 1952. So, um, you know, they have to take some chances sometimes. And I think this chance was justified to take. Now, whether or not it works out is another matter, but certainly it was a worthwhile pursuit funny you say that and I've got an autographed picture of Rudy Bukic on the wall here so I, I loved him <laughs> Rudy Bukic and Billy Wade um how much do you think the futures of the GM and the head coach are wrapped up in the quarterback well you know I think you're, you're kind of at a start over point now you know because um 
Uh, obviously, the, the Mitch Trubisky era is over. He's in Buffalo, and uh, that's kind of been written off. So I think now, um, you know, you're starting fresh with a new quarterback, which kind of means you set the clock all over again. Uh, certainly, you know, if, if Justin Fields is a smashing success, you know, these guys are going to be golden, uh, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy. You know, if he flops, uh, well, then, you know, clearly it, it's over. Usually, though, what, what happens is, you know, the, 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 it's somewhere in between, you know, for at least for a while. You're not yeah. quite sure if the guy's going to be a star. You know, not too many of them come on uh, the way, you know, Mahomes did or, or, you know, fail miserably from the start. You know, it's usually a process like it was with Trubisky where, you know, well, next year he probably can be better or, you know, he can do this and this better. We can work with him. We can surround him with this. We can bring in another quarterback's coach. You know, there are all these, uh, these justifications of, of struggles. And uh, often that's how it happens, but um, it's going to be, uh, I think, important that, that Fields has some success uh, early in his career, both for him and for the entire organization. Dan, certain franchises, uh, they're, they're kind of known for their play on one side of the ball, at least during their glory years. And in terms of defense, you know, you think Steelers, Dan, you, you think Bears, maybe the Giants. Uh, so, Dan, in 2018, the Bears win 12 games. They pick off 27 balls, they get 50 sacks. The next year, they intercept 10 passes. 32 sacks, eight and eight. And last year, 10 picks, 35 sacks, eight and eight. Dan, with all the attention going on with the quarterback position, why has the Bears' defense, their calling card, slipped so noticeably the last couple of years? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And some people you know, blame the departure of Vic Fangio, uh, who went to the Broncos to become head coach, uh, but, you know, it's bigger than that. I mean, you've had uh, uh, players, uh, you know, have not performed up to the same level that they did in the 2018 season. Uh, certainly, you know, last year and the, the year before, I think, um, you know, they, uh, uh, they, they needed, you know, they made a big investment last year in Robert Quinn. He came in and really did not live up to expectations at all. Um, this year, uh, they, they let Kyle Fuller go, who's the best cornerback in a salary move. And, uh, you know, I think it's going to be very challenging to replace him. Eddie Jackson is a player who dropped off from that season. You know, he was, he was a great uh, takeaway machine, uh, and, and that kind of disappeared. You know, the bottom line is they need to uh, have these players perform to a, to a higher level again. They also need defensive coordinator Sean Desai uh, to – figure out ways to put these players in positions to do what they do best. And I want to ask you about somebody who I think might be one of the most overlooked good players in this league, Dan. You see him week in, week out. Uh, and I'm not saying he's Derrick Henry. I'm not, Dan. But how good is David Montgomery? I, I think he, he, he improved from leaps and bounds uh, last season. I, I think he's a, he's a top back in this league. I think, you know, uh, he certainly played like it down the stretch last season. But I think, you know, what he has to prove is that he can do that for 16 games. He could do it for one year to the next. And he can be a distant back. Uh, 
Um, and, and, you know, we haven't seen that yet. So we're still, I think, you know, we're still kind of figuring out what David Montgomery is. But, boy, if you looked at him the last six weeks or so of, of the 2020 season, you know, like you said, he was almost as good as any back in the league. And uh, he, he's got that capability, I think, to, you know, to be an all-around back, to catch the ball, uh, to run between the tackles, to run outside the tackles, to make some big runs and uh, to really be a, a chain mover too. So, um, you know, he's a guy who uh, if he plays like that all year long, he's going to end up in a really good position and the team's going to be in a good position offensively. We're with Hall of Fame voter Dan Pompeo, the athletic on the eye test for two. And Dan covered the Bears for a long time, which means, you know, an awful lot about the NFC North, which also means you've seen a lot of the Green Bay Packers. So I'm going to ask you, I know you're not inside that building, but what's your gut feeling on the Aaron Rodgers situation and how it plays out? And if he doesn't play for them this year, who's the team to beat in that division? Yeah, Clark, I think uh, I, I still believe he's going back to the Packers. I, I really can't see another scenario playing out that makes sense for either party. You know, I think the Packers have too much to lose by – trading him or, or not, not getting him in camp, not getting him on the team. And I think he's got a lot to lose too by not being there. I mean, he's got a team there that's, you know, pretty much ready to, to win a Super Bowl. I mean, they, they made it to the championship game last year. And, uh, you know, I think uh, if, if he gets traded to the Denver Broncos or the Las Vegas Raiders or something, you know, that might not be the case. He might have to go, and, and start over again. And, and he is not a young player. He's 37 years old. He's probably at the peak of his abilities, but he's not going to be for very long unless he's a superhero like uh, the guy that, that uh, I was watching every week. Uh, but, you know, I think, um, I, I just think it, it makes too much sense that these two parties are going to find some way to come together. But if, if by some chance they do not, I think to me, the team to beat in the division is the Minnesota Vikings, a team that had a little bit of a down season last year, uh, but I think is really capable of bouncing back strong. Yeah. And if that were the case that Rodgers didn't wind up with the Packers, Minnesota would have the one quarterback that, you know, actually can put up some numbers and win some games, not a lot of games, not a lot of big games, but he's probably the best quarterback in that division. People go, Kirk Cousins, what? No, because you've got an unknown there in Chicago. Um, look what's going on to Detroit. And um, I, I just think that then Green Bay, you know, Jordan Love, he's, he's a ways away too. But um, last, last thing I wanted to mention to you here, um, and this one I know is probably close to your heart. Um, there was an emotional fundraiser last month for Chicago Bears or former Chicago Bears defensive lineman, Steve Mongo McMichael. And he's suffering from ALS. Uh, I saw that Ditka was there. I saw a lot of uh, former teammates were there as well. Wondering if A, you were there, and B, can you tell us something about it? Yeah, I was not able to uh, attend the fundraiser, but it's funny that you asked me about him now because I'm looking at my inbox and I see that uh, he, he's on my list of people to call today. So, um, you know, I, uh, the only thing I can tell you is uh, I spent some time with him last summer. And, um, you know, I, I thought he looked a little different. Uh, but didn't really think anything of it. He'd lost a lot of weight. And, uh, you know, I later found out in the fall that he was suffering from this terrible disease. And, um, you know, it really is just uh, so sad for so many people because he, uh, you know, he was one of those guys that you thought was just indestructible. 
You know, there was nothing that could keep that guy off the field. He played every week with every melody. You know, he was uh, held together with uh, twist ties and scotch tape half the time. And uh, one of the toughest players I have ever seen in my nearly 40 years uh, covering this league. And, and uh, uh, a really good guy too, even though a lot of people, he didn't show it to a lot of people. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm very, very uh, saddened by what's going on with him as so many people are in Chicago and so many people are in the Bears organization. Dan, I've got one more for you. Thanks so much for your time, Dan. Look, nobody I know knows this team better than you, Dan, not only the players, but the management, the front office. So Dan, for a franchise that's had one winning season, in the last day years. I'm going to ask you about Ted Phillips a little bit, uh, Dan. He's been around a long time. He's had, he, he's picked general managers. He's picked the people uh, that are in power. And so, Dan, um, what do you think of Phillips? What's his, uh, what's his accountability? And um, how, much, how many more years does he have if the Bears don't turn this around? But before I answer that question, I want to tell you guys one more thing about Steve McMichael that you might not be aware of, that I probably need to tell the other guys on the senior committee. Uh, and that's that he is third all time in sacks among defensive tackles. Wow. Did you know that? How about, isn't that an interesting number? Wow, the only yeah. guys with more than him are John Randall and the guy that I represented so convincingly a few years back, Warren Sapp. So, um, you know, it was a hell of a player. I think a really underrated player from that standpoint. But anyway, uh, to get to your question about Ted Phillips. So, you know, Ted, Ted's role really, um, you know, I, I think in a lot of ways, he is kind of a uh, front person for ownership, right? For the McCaskey family. And, his greatest, the greatest thing he ever accomplished, and, and the reason he's probably got a lifetime job with the Bears if he wants one, is he helped get the deal done with the city of Chicago for the old Soldier Field, which Michael McCaskey, who was president at the time, could not get done. So Ted stepped in and kind of saved the day. And, you know, from that standpoint, I know people say, well, you know, why is he still here? He hired this guy, hired that guy he might be more valuable to the team than he's been in a long time at this juncture in time, because they're in the stadium game again now. And, you know, that's the thing that, that he provided the greatest value to the organization uh, with. So, um, you know, I, I think uh, I don't see him going anywhere in the next couple of years, unless he gets to a point where he's had enough and he wants to retire. Dan, I've got one last one for you too. If you can, please stack these three teams for me in order of who has the best chance of making the playoffs. Stack these three. The White Sox, the Cubs, and the Bears. <laughs> I was thinking you were going to give me three NFL teams. No, no. It's too uh, easy. I'm going to go uh, White Sox one. Cubs two, Bears three. That's what I thought. Do <laughs> <laughs> you agree? You disagree? You know, it's going to make my brother-in-law and brother in Chicago very disappointed. But no, <laughs> I agree. I agree 100%. I've seen the White Sox. It's a good team. 
They are. And I think they're in a little better position than the Cubs are. So we'll see. The Cubs Cubs have struggled a little with their pitching lately. Never a good sign. Yeah, I agree with you. Always a good sign, Dan, when we have you on the show. Thanks so much. Uh, and thanks for joining us for uh, a, an informative session. And hopefully uh, we'll see you in Kent. I don't know if you're going to be there, but we will. So I hope we see you in Kent this summer. I will. And I look forward to it. Thanks, Danny. Okay. That was Hall of Fame voter Dan Pompey of The Athletic. And Ira, um, I'll ask you the same question I asked him. How much do you trust Ryan Pace with a quarterback? I don't. I don't, Clark. Uh, you know, it's not exactly the cauldron of great quarterbacks, no, uh, you right. know, in middle America over there. And uh, I don't know. My, my jury's out on Justin Fields. I mean, he, he flashes. He passes the eye test, Clark. I don't know if he's going to pass the huddle test and the pass rush test. So we shall see. Uh, Clark, I, I will give one little shout out. Uh, I don't know how you feel, but um, former Buck, Ian knows him, Carl Nassib. Carl Nassib came oh, yeah. out, right. um, you know, openly uh, as, as a gay player. Uh, Clark, one day, that's not going to make news. Uh, that's let's right. get to that day. Let's get to that day. Well, I'll tell you what will make news. A shout out for me on a completely different subject. We're about Hall of Famers, right? It's a Hall of Fame centric show, as you point out, Ira. Hall of Famer today, turned 73. Sir, for Todd Rundgren. Yeah, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame class Woo! of 2021. Yeah, 73. Let's, let's bang the drum. Young. Let's bang the drum. Bang the drum. Day, 73 years young today. Um, and then lastly, just lastly, um, I, I wanted to hear what Dan had to say about Steve McMichael. Sad story, but when you go down the litany, of NFL players who've had ALS, Dwight Clark, Steve Gleason, Tim Shaw, Kevin Turner, OJ Brigance, they've all had ALS. Um, most of them are not with us anymore. Uh, I, I was looking up recent studies indicate there's a correlation between ALS and CTE. I sure hope, I sure hope, Irania, they can find what's going on because it's such a horrible horrible disease. And when he was talking about McMichael, you could have been talking about Dwight Clark. I knew him very well too. And I thought the same thing. There's one guy who never be affected by anything. And sadly he's gone. Um, Ira, thanks so much. Appreciate it. Um, Ian, you got any final thoughts here? Uh, Ed potentially passing on Tom Brady to Ryan Pace's uh, accolades when it comes to quarterback. Oh, right. And uh, that, that might, you know, cause that might uh, put more people in Ira's corner. Wow. Wow. Well, Ira, um, are we, I, I got, I got one question for you. I'm <laughs> last one I forgot. Are we going to have Ian on for tomorrow's show? I mean, he came up in New England. He's shown now that he's happy being up in New England, traveling, taking 20 hour road trips. Are we going to have him here? Well, Glendon's vacation days are over, but Clark, yours and I, uh, they're just beginning because I'm going away in July. Nice. We're going to Santa Barbara, Clark, with uh, two other couples. We have a house for a week, my friend. Yeah, so um, when are we expected there? I haven't gotten the uh, communication yet. Uh, middle, mid-July, somewhere around there, my yeah, friend. You're gonna get uh, there. Your, yours is in the mail. <laughs> yours is going to get there the end of July. Well, I sure hope uh, Ian's going to be here tomorrow because, Ira, because we have one of the greatest wide receivers from the 1980s with us. You know who it is? Ah. Well, it's got to be a Buccaneer. Wait, wait a minute. No, uh, no, but it's, you're, you're getting warm. You're getting warm, but just hold that thought. And um, you know what? Tune in tomorrow to find out because that's when you're going to find out exactly who our guest is. Anyway, set your alarms now. We'll see you tomorrow on the eye test for two. Thanks so much for listening.